and welcome to the Nate Taylor Show on a, well, AFC Wild, or not AFC Wild Card, this is AFC Championship Game Preview. What's up, Nate? How we doing, Jay? Hey, we're doing good, man. It gets exciting about this. We keep rolling right along. Keep rolling around all the time through the Steelers. Then we go through the divisional round against the Buffalo Bills, the mighty Buffalo Bills. Now it's rematch once again. Yes. You know, Jay, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but we could have rematches galore, you know, if the Chiefs uh, win yet another home playoff game Sunday. Perhaps Jimmy Garoppolo, Kyle Shanahan, and the San Francisco 49ers are waiting on them. You know what? It could have been all. It could have been all revenge. I mean, with the Titans there, the Chiefs had a little something, something for them. Yep. They had a little something, something for the Bills. They're going to have something, something for the Bengals. I think all of all those losses, like, let's handily to the Bills in the regular season. And they got it handed to them with Tennessee. Obviously, there's a motivation factor to get back and, yes. and show what you can do. But they weren't real happy with that Bengals loss. No. And not that they're happy with any loss, but that one bothered them. Yeah, because it, it prevented them from controlling their own destiny at the time, being the top seed in the AFC, ensuring that um, as long as they won, they were going to be an arrowhead. Now, it is clearly ironic and sort of fortuitous that the team that handed the Chiefs their last loss went to Nashville, and somehow, Jay, after nine sacks and a litany of just, wow, that's... What, that's a turnover? Oh, okay. Like, uh, what? And then a rookie kicker uh, makes a 52-yarder, and Evan McPherson for the Cincinnati Bengals. They are now approaching Arrowhead Stadium. Joe Burrow, Zach Taylor, they've never been an Arrowhead before, and they have to watch on film this week Josh Allen playing a near-perfect game, a flawless effort in the second half. Um, and it wasn't enough because the Kansas City Chiefs are still reigning supreme over the entire AFC conference until somebody beats them when it actually matters in late January. Yeah, Burroughs got those comments out today that has been louder in the SEC than so far he's seen in the NFL. And, you know, a lot of people are taking issue with this. He might be right, though. Some of the places he's played, because SEC, SEC will put 100,000, 110,000. Yeah, t- Tuscaloosa is It's been pretty loud in the SEC, <laughs> but he hasn't been there yet. Right. So, it is the, so you know, he hasn't been here yet to make the point, because Tom Brady said it's the right. loudest place ever, but you got to play here first and experience it, because until you do, yeah, some of these other places he's playing pales in comparison to the way it is at Arrowhead. So, we'll see how the comments after he goes to Arrowhead Stadium. That's why that, <laughs> those comments didn't bother me. Uh-huh. Because he's right. It did get pretty damn loud in the SEC. But you haven't been Arrowhead yet. Tuscaloosa on a Saturday night in, you know, late October, early November. Hey, that's that's not a that's not a cakewalk. That's not a nap. You know, that's not a that's not a pleasant thing. But when it's chilly, um, when it's third and eight, I just want to see if Joe Burrow can do something similar to Josh Allen. But of course, the difference in both of these young quarterbacks is Josh Allen went through the experience last year, right? Which was why he was more prepared, more sure of himself in way more control uh, in last night's game to where, uh, look, the bills had the bills had legitimate chances to win that game. Um, but as I wrote in the athletic J, we just, we just cannot take athletic excellence for granted when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill, uh, they yet again rescue the Chiefs from, uh, you know, a, a playoff heartbreak. And now 
I just want I just want the listeners to tell themselves the Chiefs yet again, again, Jay. Yet again, they are one game away from the Super Bowl. And you see all the you see the one and two seed in the NFC, they're gone. I mean, the Chiefs are the top team left in the postseason are, with Mahomes. They are the most accomplished team left. They, they with are the, the most accomplished quarterback left. The most experienced team yes. in the in the football and the second uh, youngest roster, you know, according to Mitch Holtis just in here a few minutes ago. But the Chiefs, five hundred and fifty two yards of offense. All right, the Bills were good too. <laughs> they had four twenty two. Uh-huh. Let's be honest. Chiefs had 130 more yards than the Bills. They were fantastic. Josh Allen was great. But Mahomes is a little bit better. 25 points scored in the last two minutes of regulation between the Bills and Chiefs. Most ever in the postseason. Previous high was 17. Now, as far as all games, not even postseason, it's number two. Because they went Oof. scored 28 with the Minnesota and the Ravens back in 2013. But the bottom line is this. And I've been on stations in Buffalo talking about this game because they wanted to have the Talk about it today after what happened. And I was like, here's the deal. You didn't stop the Chiefs. You were supposed to have the number one. That's all I heard about. Was yes. Number one defense. Yes, Jay. Tell them. points against defense, okay? Yes. So I hate that. And one thing I haven't heard is a missed 50-yard field goal by a guy with a career 91% accuracy. That's seven of nine from 50 yards this year who has a franchise record. Now that is more 50-yard field goals than even a Hall of Famer like Jan Stenerud with the Kansas City Chiefs and the missed extra point. Yes. Because here's the thing, if if he makes those kicks, we may not have all the drama. We may not have maybe the best game we've ever seen <laughs> had that happened. But the wild card weekend was great, but the Chiefs and Bills was clearly the best after that game. But the Chiefs just did everything right, 100% right. And then the final 13 seconds, everybody's talking about that 13 seconds where the Chiefs drove down there was the controversy on the squib kick or not. It depends on who you talk to. Something like Mahomes say, well, sometimes you can kick those out of bounds, or sometimes they don't work out right. where you want. Then you got the ball to 40, 40 right. mm-hmm. if they do something like that. So we don't know the situation and what would have happened. Bills clearly thought they won the game. Won the game. But Mahomes did. It was a Michael Jordan moment. You know, it's, it's, took, it's, it's him rising over Craig I took Elo. that personally because they were all, like all the NFL Network, your name was Bills, 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 Bills. I even heard Dan Orlovsky, the former quarterback in ESPN, or in the, uh, he's on Pat McAfee's show at that point. He said, the Bills play their A game, Chiefs play their A game, Bills win. I was like, that's not true. If you if the Chiefs play an A game, they win. They're at Arrowhead Stadium, and then everything comes back as they ask Buffalo because they they had me on when the Chiefs drafted Mahomes and they didn't believe in it. Mm. And then all of a sudden they're like, "Oh my God, we give up this guy!" Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden Josh Allen made them content. Yes. Well, he's now lost to Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs twice. How content are you really? But to me, that was Mahomes' chance to show as good as Allen was in that game. That he's still the talk, the top dog, and all the talk of the being broken and everything else. He hears this stuff. He hears this stuff, man. He hears this stuff, and he wants to make a change. But was it the best game I've ever seen? Because that's out there, Nate. Um, it's hard to say. I mean, Mahomes was on with Carrington earlier, and you know that Super Bowl stands out to me too. They had a ten point deficit. It was washed. It, with, we have time with, to run washed with with less than ten minutes left in the game. Jay. So that that's a pretty big one because the banner and rings yep. uh, for that win went against the 49ers. But regardless, Nate, that was still one of the best games I've ever seen. It's it's the it's the most exciting, heart pounding wave of emotions that I can remember um, in 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 modern playoff history. Right. Um, we have seen amazing comebacks, uh, most notably what Tom Brady and the New England Patriots did against the Atlanta Falcons coming back from 28-3. to three. Um, But that's that's one team rising as another team sort of 
has a has a terrible fall. This is two teams just going haymaker for haymaker. Um, as Andy Reid said last night, you know, not flinching. And then when it gets late in the game, when it's the fourth quarter, when it's less than two minutes left, you you have to trust just the player's ability. It becomes slightly less about coaching and just who are the better players on the field. And it's a blessing for Kansas City that they are watching, you know, a football equivalent of Michael Jordan. Like the ball's in his hands. You expect the team to score. Um, as I wrote in The Athletic, two seasons start going in opposite directions with the coin flip. And it's so um, ironic and it's fortuitous and, it, and it's really a full circle moment for the Chiefs to have their season continuing because they won a coin toss. And because everybody in the stadium understood, oh, the Chiefs are going to get the ball and they're never giving it back to Josh Allen. And the most fascinating part for me, Jay, is the heroics in the final 13 seconds are just, like, that's one of the all-time sequences. But on their final drive, they always went forward. There's no incompletions. There's no negative plays. They just kept moving the ball forward. It is matriculation at the highest level. And then, of course, Mahomes to Kelsey uh, on a perfect pass, on a perfect route, on a perfect play call. Um, that's that's all world. That's, that is world class at, it, at its finest when you need it the most. And so it, it is – it is the most entertaining playoff game I've ever seen. I don't know if it's the best because what Malcolm Butler did in that Super Bowl a few years ago to give the Patriots yet again another championship to prevent the Seahawks from, you know, being back-to-back champions. Um, that one kind of sticks in my mind. Obviously, the historic comeback. I mean, I want to remind Kansas City fans, too. Like, yes, you could be wrapped up in this game. Go back and rewatch Super Bowl 54. It is the most dramatic comeback of Super Bowl history because there's less than 10 minutes left, and they won the game by 11 in regulation, Jay. So, I think it's just the excitement at the end. You know, Allen comes right down there and scores, leaves you 13 seconds. I'm going to get in that 13 seconds, though, in the next segment because there's a thing there that went on between Mahomes and Kelsey that I think is what separates other teams. That's experience we were talking about. Mm-hmm. And I want to get in the next. But first... The one thing that everybody's been crying about, and they've been crying about it a lot in Western New York. <laughs> Seriously. If Niagara Falls ever dries up, they can use their tears because this has been all on. Here was Andy Reid when asked today at the press conference about that overtime rule, but I'll get your take on this. I don't know, but I'm glad they didn't we didn't change <laughs> as of last night. But I you know, I had a chance to talk with Sean afterwards and <clears throat> you know, that's I'm sure something that they're, they're going to look at it again too. And I, uh, I, mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. I, I, I just, that's a hard thing. I mean, one team, it was great for us last night, but is it great for the game, which is the most important thing that we shall all be looking out for. So, um, you know, it, it, it probably, you know, to make things equal, it probably needs to be able to uh, hit both, uh, both offenses, both defenses. So, so it's a classic thing to do because, He's like, hey, I'm glad they didn't change the rule. But it, it, people have been bringing this up. There's people done their homework and bringing this. Hey, the Chiefs tried to do this proposal mm-hmm. after the 18 season when Tom Brady pulled one of these numbers on them. They didn't get the ball back. And there's been all sorts of things with overtime. 
I personally like the college overtime. They change it to where you have to go to two after second, after third. You start lining up for two-point conversion. Mm -hmm. Now, at the NFL, if you want to say, okay, one team gets the ball, score a touchdown, the other one has to score a touchdown, the game's over, or you play the full 10 minutes or whatever you want to do in the overtime. But the bottom line is the Chiefs brought this to the table. It didn't even get to a vote. These right. 24 of the 32 owners didn't even get to the vote. Now, this is better than the old overtime rule. They did change the postseason in 2010. It used to be a couple of throws, field goal, game over. Yes. They changed it to you had to have a touchdown on the first drive. That's the only way it could be over. They implemented the NFL till the regular and postseason till 2012. So we've had this about 10 years the way it is now. Finally, people are complaining about it now. Chiefs face the same issue where Mahomes would have three straight Super Bowls. <laughs> is there a problem with this overtime rule? Are you okay with it? Uh, there are there are minor problems, but I don't think there's an overwhelming problem, if that makes sense. Um, and what I mean by that is, and you talked about the league and the you know coming together for the owners meeting, and I believe at the time there was only about ten to twelve teams that were in favor of changing the rule um, for overtime in the postseason, and so that's why I didn't get brought to a vote. Like, the Bills, one of them, because that's one thing I've been trying to find. Because there's I don't no actual vote taken. I don't believe the Bills were one of them. If if my memory is correct, they don't they don't they don't come to mind immediately. I remember like the Ravens were kind of like aligned with with you know obviously John Harbaugh, Andy Reid. They were kind of aligned. Because yeah, three in some teams way. actually did some kind of different proposals. For yes, this, including the Eagles. The Eagles, right? And so um, I don't believe the Bills were involved, but. It, but not even getting half the teams to be in favor of it means you don't you don't move forward in terms of the of the voting and the proposal. The issue is, and it, and it's unfortunate. I don't know how they improve Jay when two teams have been going as hard with the intensity, the physicality for sixty minutes, and then you're asking a defense to 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 get a stop against a all world <laughs> quarterback, whether it's Josh Allen. Patrick Mahomes, obviously Tom Brady from a few years ago. Um, but there is something, I think, I think there is some justice in saying, hey, you have the whole length of the field to defend. And if you can't do that, then with the number one defense. Then then maybe we don't then why do why do like why do we need to continue the game? Um you have four downs to get ten yards. Everybody understands this. The Chiefs never faced a fourth down. So <laughs> they went and scored a touchdown, and it doesn't, you know, in some ways, Jay, you're right. The Bills had the number one defense based on DVOA, uh, the advanced metric, and the number one defense in terms of, you know, scoring. And the Chiefs, as we know, in 2018, were nowhere near those statistics. <laughs> so in one case, the Bills had a really, really good defense that was outwitted and outmatched in overtime, and the Chiefs were a team that had really scratched and clawed to get to overtime, but they were playing a, a legendary quarterback in Tom Brady. So um, I'm not sure how you necessarily change the rule, but I do understand that defenses are by and large more fresh in the third quarter, fourth quarter, and now asking them to go defend the field again um, is difficult. But I don't think the league will get – to any form of a, a a real consensus on how to change it, Jay. I think there'll be fractions. I think there'll be certain opinions out there that you may get some some like, ooh, that's that's interesting. You know, somebody suggested it to me today that uh, a good buddy of mine, why don't we remove kicking from from overtime? 
and let both teams have the ball at least once, right? So you got to go the whole length of the field and score a touchdown. And if you don't do that, then the other team gets a chance and they got to go down the field and score a touchdown. Like there's no – everything is in four-down territory. No punts, no field goals. And so that's fascinating to me. But I know that these owners are very traditional. Um, you could call them conservative to some degree. And so as much as it pains the Buffalo Bills, they have to now – Try to become the Chiefs even more, which is use that as motivation versus trying to change a rule that is likely not going to be changed this offseason. Well, there was a nickname Andy Reid gave Patrick Mahomes after the game, get into that. But there was a special connection between Kelsey and Mahomes. I think this is kind of what separates other teams as far as that experience. We'll do that next on the Nate Taylor Show. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner at the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And when it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. Mahomes at his own 36, down by three. Three wide to the right, one wide to the left. Mahomes over the middle, cut Tyreek kill it to 45, angling right 40, 35, Cheetah, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. A 64-yard touchdown! Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, and Mahomes has just set an all-time National Football League record with his 24th touchdown in the postseason in his first 10 games. It's very simple, Nate. It's going to be grim. As Andy Reid told Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, when it's grim, be the grim reaper and go get it. People are taking on to this, you know, the Grim Reaper, the 13 seconds, a lot of things. Mm-hmm. People like the 65 times power trap with the Chiefs, yep. the timer on the Wasp, yep. Ferrari Wright. I mean, there's all sorts of things with uh-huh. the Chiefs, but now the Grim Reaper, the T-shirts being sold for it. I actually like that nickname because, to me, growing up you know, in this town with the Chiefs, John Elway was the Grim Reaper. Mm. Peyton Manning's mm-hmm. been the Grim Reaper. Tom Brady's certainly been the Grim Ooh. Reaper. You know what? It's nice to have a Grim Reaper on your team because <laughs> when I would watch football growing up, it's like we left too much time for him. Like, yes. Like, you want to celebrate those touchdowns at the end, but you're like, okay, hang on a second. There's still 45 seconds mm-hmm. because of that guy over there. He just added to his legend. Grim Reaper's a great name. I mean, I can't think of a better name for him because that's what he was last night. Ask the Los Angeles Chargers, Jay. He walked into their stadium and just, you know, Changed the complexion of their season, of course, which they didn't go to the to the playoffs. Um, for the Buffalo Bills, all you had to do, and I thought CBS did a great job of matching the 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 momentum and the and the moment of Mahomes going down the field in, in less than thirteen seconds, Jay, to put the Chiefs in field goal range, and the look on Josh Allen from the CBS cameras of just thinking, what, what do I have to do? Like what? In what in God's name must I do to to defeat this guy in a game where where it matters? And um, I just love that you that you play Mitch's uh, call of that touchdown because the Bills are running a, a. If anybody's watched the touchdown, the Bills are running the exact defense that has given the Chiefs problems this year, right? 
Two deep safeties, Jordan Poyer, Micah High. These are all pro safeties. Two all pros, one first, one second. They are 25 yards off the ball. Your job as a safety is to prevent a touchdown. You're the last line of defense. And not only does Mahomes hit Tyreek Hill in stride, but then Tyreek Hill reminds everybody that he is, yes, the fastest player in the league. And he runs through two safeties, Jay. He sang before he even scored. It's- to he get was even to behind the, the guy. Zone. I know. It was insane. You're listening to Nate Taylor's show, Jay Binkley, with Nate Taylor. All right. Speak of those 13 seconds. This is what I was talking about with the chemistry. Mm-hmm. And I brought this up with Buffalo today, too. I was like, here's the thing. Being in games or not, there's a reason why the Chiefs are the Chiefs. They know each other. They trust each other. And that Travis is, Kelsey. That is, that is so poignant. It's just they trust each other. They know where each other's going to be. This play, to me, doesn't happen with other teams unless you have lock-solid chemistry. Here's Mahomes about those final 13 seconds. I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't hard to keep him focused. We believe. <clears throat> I think that's the biggest thing on this team is we believe no matter what. Offense, defense, special team, that we can do the job in order to, to win the football game. Um, the first play, we hit tra- Travis. I mean, hit Tyreek, and he got up as much as he can, got down. And then at the play to Travis, I mean, it, it was kind of a thing where it, he wasn't necessarily supposed to do that. But after the timeout, we got to look at what the defense was doing. And he actually said it to me. He's like, "Hey, if they do it again, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take it right down the middle between both the guys guarding me." And um, he he uh, he went up the field, gave him the ball, and he got in field goal range. Okay, so Kelsey's put that in Mahomes' head. You store it for memory. All right, Travis Kelsey said, "I could take it between these two defenders, and I could catch it." So Patrick Mahomes goes to the line. Um, it's a it's a pretty common defense in a in a situation like that. The defense would try and take away the the sideline throws kind of give you more of the seams and uh, and the middle of the field open. Um, that and they're soft enough so you can get a head start. Um, and I just told them right before, they called a timeout uh, right before we uh, we went out there and ran that play. Um, and I told them I'm probably not going to run the, the route that, uh, that it's called. I'm just going <laughs> to run to the open area. And uh, probably midway through his cadence, he was screaming at me at the line of scrimmage, do it. Like, <laughs> do it, do it. And I was just like, all right, here we go, boys. And if you listen to the audio of the game, do it, Kels, do it, Kels. He's looking at it. He's barking his signals. Do it, Kels. Kels knows exactly what he's talking about. He readjusted himself there on the line. But he's like, okay, I'm doing what you just said you wanted to do. And you better be open because this was the play that set up the 49-yard field goal to go to overtime. But those that's what I'm talking about, Nate, that ability between Mahomes and Kelsey to understand. This was something not scripted, not something in the playbook. This was as defensive coordinators have often said about the Chiefs. They turn everything in the backyard football. Yes. That was going in the backyard, drawing up a play from Holmes and Kelsey on Thanksgiving. You got your uncles playing and everybody else. And he did it in the NFL game, in a playoff game against the number one defense in the NFL. This is the stuff you can't manufacture. Mm-hmm. Chemistry. This is, I'm going to run where they're not. And you are the most gifted quarterback in the league with one of the strongest arms. You're going to hit me in stride. And it's going to be excellent. And I'm so glad, Jay, that you mentioned backyard football. Because Patrick Mahomes, at his core, is a gunslinger who thrives on improvising because he likes reminding himself that it's just like being in the backyard. It's just like how we all used to play growing up. And I truly believe, Jay, that Travis Kelsey is the greatest backyard tight end in NFL history. And he just so happens to be matched with one of the greatest backyard quarterbacks in the league history. And so the play call in and of itself 
is really good because of what Travis Kelsey said. Hey, we are in this formation, which tells us this is a common defense, so at least we got it. We got something to work with. We got a chance. Now it's up to the players to elevate the play call. And so often, Jay, we, we hear about Mahomes going off scripts or just buying time for his receivers or him having an influence on his teammates so that they can rise for a better play. And I just find it fascinating that Travis Kelsey, uh, who I believe is already in the Hall of Fame, has an influence on the quarterback. And that goes to the trust and the chemistry that you mentioned. Um, and the quarterback trusting the tight end, even though it's not what's on the whiteboard. It's not on the play sheet. It's not how it's supposed to look. Even the Bills are like, where is he going? Yeah, that's not the uh, brain trust like Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy no. and Kafka coming together. No. This is, your, this is just your, two guys. This is your tight end and your quarterback. <laughs> Talking about something they talk about in the locker room, doing it in the game on the field at a crunch time. It, in the most important snap, in the most important offensive snap of the season to that point. I said Allegretti was my favorite play when he got, that's my favorite play of the Chiefs this year. 100%, there's no, no question about it. And it's unfortunate for the Bills because as Travis Kelsey uh, was explaining their strategy, what I still find perplexing, and I wonder if Bills, if the Bills and their fans will We'll be thinking about it all offseason, Jay, is the Chiefs had a timeout. So the sideline is really not an issue. It's about preventing them from gaining 25 yards to get Harrison Bucker into field goal range. And 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 it's just it's brilliance, it's intelligence, and obviously it's it's immaculate execution between Mahomes and Kelsey. And Kelsey obviously having the clock in his head too. Much like we ask quarterbacks, like, hey, three, two, one, you, you better get the ball out or somebody's going to hit you very hard. And Kelsey caught that ball and knew exactly how much time he had to get as many yards as possible to get down. He comes, you know, he pops up immediately, you know, signals timeout. And it's a play that I don't think Chiefs fans will ever forget. I mean, they gained 44 yards on 13 seconds in just two plays, Jay. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. Don't forget, last segment, if you have a question for Nate, well, this isn't the last segment, but for the last segment, mm-hmm. you can think of some Ask Nate question. Jay Southland, Two Service Text Line, 913-576-7610. When we come back, though, start looking at those Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, when it's grim, be the grim reaper. We'll go get it. Down by three. Three wide to the right, one wide to the left. Mahomes over the middle. Cut tight, he killed to 45. Angling right, 40, 35, Cheetah, 25, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! Kansas City, a 64-yard touchdown! Patrick Mahomes to Tyreek Hill, and Mahomes has just set an all-time National Football League record with his 24th touchdown in the postseason in his first 10 games. This none bigger, none bigger than this 64-yard catch and run. 32-29 Kansas City with a minute two to go in the game. 
You're listening to The Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. And welcome back to The Nate Taylor Show. Jay Binkley with Nate Taylor. It continues. We still would have done this tonight had they lost, but they didn't. Now it's the Cincinnati Bengals. Nate, mm. the Chiefs remain with Patrick Mahomes. It's Joe Burrow. Hit sack nine times, tying a postseason record. On his back all the time. They still found a way to win that game. Wasn't the most impressive game by the Titans or the Bengals in that game. But the Correct. Bengals, <laughs> the Bengals got the win. They struggled against the Raiders in the first game. Were able to go on the road and beat the Titans. Does momentum stop for them? Because they've already overachieved at this point. Yes, they or have. Are they still driven? The Chiefs, I think, are still as Andy Reid said that chocolate cake dangled in front of you. You want that other piece <laughs> of it? Because the Chiefs, I think, could have a tendency to play angry, and they want to get revenge on teams that beat them. Yeah, um, I, I think the I think the the Bengals are ahead of schedule. Uh, Joe Burrow showed his toughness, his moxie, and somehow Jay walking out of Nissan Stadium. After taking nine sacks. I mean, just in, in wildly impressive. Um, you know, I will say the Bengals are an opportunistic defense. They 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 sort of thrive on turnovers and they got, you know, three interceptions on Saturday. So so Ted Hill's bad. So yeah. That that was that was that, that was bad quarterback, but re, I mean real bad. Mm-hmm. It's uh it could be quite the difference going from subpar Ryan Tannehill to top notch Patrick Mahomes in a week. Um I think it's real simple, Jay. Um, you know, we said this, you know, we sort of came to this conclusion midway through the season when we were trying to say, hey, how can the Chiefs sort of string some wins together? Which just is hilarious to say now. Um, but look, one of my requirements was, hey, you, you once led the league in turnovers. If you have one turnover or zero, every game from here on out, they should win every game. Now, the Bengals caught them in a surprising fashion. Uh, in in you know, to end the regular season essentially, um, but I th- I do think similar to what the Bills just went through, it'll be that much harder to beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. As we said early in the show, Joe Burrow has never played in in a in a more hostile environment in the NFL that that awaiting him on Sunday. And so I, I think for the Bengals, this is this is part of the process. Like, you're ahead of schedule, uh, but this was a wildly successful season. Um, they need to get some better players in some key spots, most notably the offensive line. And I think for the Chiefs, uh, they've been building for this moment. Um, their quarterback is on a mission. And as you said her, earlier, Jay, like, Patrick Mahomes doesn't forget. Like, he knows that'll be expressed to his teammates. And I think I think the Chiefs are capable of really reaching a couple levels higher than perhaps what Cincinnati can match. And, and I think that's fair to say um, just because, you know, Cincinnati won on a last-second field goal despite getting three turnovers from a quarterback who didn't play to his best abilities. And I just don't see the Chiefs turning the ball over that much. And I don't see Mahomes uh I don't see his I don't see his level really dipping um much from Sunday's game. And the one thing about the Bengals, you know, they're coming in here. They're 
I think they're a year ahead of schedule, to be honest with you. We, we talked about the draft when they had a chance to Jamar Chase or Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So line protection or stud-wide receiver you're going to deal with for a long time. You, you know they what? made the right choice. You they know what? Right Either choice. choice would have been right. But, that, but, but, <laughs> but, but, but I like the Jamar Chase with Burrow because that's – they, re- they have a connection similar to Kelsey and, and, and Mahomes. You can rebuild the offensive line in an offseason. Chiefs did it. They proved – what you can do with that. That's what they need to do. Are, is, 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 there, is there a Jamar Chase coming in this draft? Because I, I don't know if Not like is. that. No, nope, like I don't think there is. Not so. like that. But you can rebuild a line. But the Buffalo Bills, you know, all the talk we had, you know, they built their team to beat the Chiefs. That was what McDermott said after the last AFC title game lost, that, you know, they're trying to rebuild to beat the Chiefs. This is the team. This is the team they circle. The Chiefs are in their head. Let's beat the Chiefs. Because that's they're looking outside their division and focusing on Kansas City, doing the right things. Mm-hmm. The combine, uh, senior bowl, everything else, which draft to beat that team. Because they, they understand their ramifications. We've been in regular season, got to beat them in the postseason. Cincinnati hadn't really had time to do that yet. They're kind of playing on house money at this point, but it does make them dangerous. They have outstanding skill positions, no question about that. And I actually like the way their defense is playing this year as well. But Cincinnati's now in that mix, and... With the Bills, they've already lost their assistant GM to the Giants. Mm-hmm. Brian Dayball, their offensive coordinator, who, quote, fixed Josh Allen, <laughs> is having a second interview with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Leslie Frazier uh, could get a head coaching job, clearly, uh, with the eight openings this year. So some changes coming for the Buffalo Bills. But the Bengals are right there, too. Like, I look at the NFC and some of these teams, who's really there? Because if Tom goes off to the sunset, which he might. Or Aaron Rodgers. He might go host Jeopardy. We, like, we don't know. And Kyler Murray, you know, down the stretch was a good. Stafford, okay, that's that's a stopgap for the Rams at this point. Mm-hmm. But in the AFC, you got Lamar when they come back with a full deck next year with talent, which that team is still pretty a good. formidable team. If they're healthy, yeah. With, with healthy. But now Joe Burrow in the equation, Justin Herbert's itching to be in this conversation with these other guys, we don't know what's going to happen to Sean Watson. Hell, we don't know if Aaron Rodgers would end up in the AFC. We don't know what's going to happen, but I understand how the Bills looked at it's between the Bills and the Chiefs. They need to look in the mirror, though, because losing the Jaguars, losing the Colts, losing to the Steelers, that game was in Western New York last night had they taken care of I, business, but they weren't able to maintain being king of the hill. Yeah, They weren't able to. The Chiefs have had that. Everybody's taking a shot at them. Bills couldn't handle it. Like, they couldn't handle being that best team. So they're playing in Kansas City instead of New York. Yeah. It's their own fault. They underachieved. And, and I predicted in the athletic when the season began, JR, before the opening kickoff, that hey, uh, guys, I it's not it's not it's not hard. No team has hosted before AFC championship games. Uh as you mentioned, the Bills have sort of designed their entire season around pursuing, catching, and 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 advancing past the Chiefs. Uh, I thought that game, I predicted that game was going to be an orchard part. In the AFC Championship, neither of which happened. Uh, so that that it is wild to me that the Jacksonville Jaguars are a minor footnote in the success of this season for the Kansas City Chiefs because obviously, based on just one loss on the difference between the two records, uh, the Chiefs hosted the Bills even though they lost to them earlier in Arrowhead. Um, when it comes to Cincinnati, you know, Jay. In the first matchup, Jamar Chase just went nuclear. He he was excellent. He had 266 receiving yards. I believe he had three touchdowns. And unfortunately, the Chiefs find themselves with their secondary a little bit shaky. Um, you know, Rashad Fenton did not play 
in last night's game because of a, of a back injury that he's had for the last two weeks now. Uh, Tyron Matthew, unfortunately, had to enter the league's concussion protocol in the first drive of, of last night's game. So it may take him a while to, to, to get back. Who knows how much practice time uh, he will get if he is clear from the concussion protocol. And look, Josh Allen threw for a lot of yards, a lot of touchdowns. And so if the Bengals can hang in this AFC championship, it will be on, it'll be on, you know, Joe Burrow standing tall in the pocket uh, and, and delivering to Jamar Chase, T Higgins, Tyler Boyd, um, and maybe checking it down a few times to Joe Mixon just to mix things up. Um, but the Chiefs secondary is going to have to play a little bit better uh, this coming week. And and you hope part of the reason they do do that is because Tyron Matthew will be available for the whole game, which was really unfortunate. Um, but I, I, I reminded some Bill fans earlier today, Jay, the Bills didn't have Tredavious White, their best quarterback. The Chiefs didn't have Tyron Matthew, essentially, their best safety for the game. Um, but – Against the Bengals, you're going to need as many guys who can cover well as possible uh, so that it helps your pass rush get to the quarterback and maybe those nine sacks or a couple strip sack fumbles uh, where you can pick them up and, and get a turnover advantage. Well, you always can't sell out about somebody like Jamar Chase. You sell out against him. Maybe it's Tyler Board's game. Mm-hmm. That's clearly what happened last night. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs, you know, not a problem, but Gabriel Davis became the problem, yeah. not even the starting wide receiver. For them, we're going to take a time out on the Nate Taylor Show. We come back. Your questions today, Taylor, plus some Andy Reid anecdotes, where he's at in history at this point. It's insane. We'll discuss that next. <laughs> You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Final segment, Nate Taylor Show. Give a follow on Twitter, at Nate Taylor couple things going on, Nate. Obviously, the Chiefs, the first team to have a home uh, AFC title game in four straight years. Just wild. The first uh, NFL record, most coaches to reach four consecutive conference championship games. Belichick number one. He did it eight times between 11 and 18. John Madden did it five times, 73 through 37. Then there's tied for uh, third. Tom Landry did it once. Mm. Marv Levy did it once. Mm-hmm. Andy Reid's done it twice. twice. Once in Philly and once in Kansas City. Not to mention, we know he's the fifth all-time winning coach, regular season or postseason. But now he's number three in playoff wins. Tied with Don Shula with 19. Tom Landry sits one ahead of him at 20. Bilicek sits number one at 31. Just a, a great chance for either this year or next year, depending on what happened. To be the the num- Andy Reid and Bill Belichick, the only guys in the top two. The number, the number for postseason. That's incredible. Yeah, um, and and there, I mean, he's done it with obviously Patrick Mahomes, but Alex Smith, Donovan McNabb. I mean, it's it, it's not the same as Belichick, which is of course with Tom Brady. And, it, and you look, it's always nice to have again a legendary quarterback uh, to guide your team. But I, I just get the sense that everybody appreciates Andy Reid. Um, but the but the situational football coaching that he Eric Bieniemy Steve Spagnuolo um, this team got this team and I've always said this and some people have had some pushback and that's fine because you know that's their opinions and I and I totally respect that but in the in the Andrew Kansas City era Jay the Chiefs have improved 
throughout the course of the year every year. And it's wild when you can see a team that where its core players have already been to back-to-back Super Bowls, and I feel like they've grown and improved in ways that they had not done before. Um, and, and I think that will serve them on Sunday because I, I am picking them to get to their third straight Super Bowl, which would put them in an elite class as just the fourth team in the history of the league to do so. Um, but Andy Reid always says that he's a teacher, and he always sort of take things back to the fundamentals, but he's also capable of accentuating really talented players with creative plays and, and giving them some ownership and some creativity to work within. Um, there just really hasn't been a coach like Andy Reid. Um, and I just love, too, Jay, the, the, the idea of like, hey, uh, here's Bill Belichick, you know, one of the greatest defensive minds of all time. Here's Andy Reid, a guy who's just ready to just show you something else to always try to stay a step or two ahead on offense. Um, you know, th- those guys have had battles before in the postseason, mm-hmm. and and I think it's I think it's fascinating that that Reed has waited all this time to have this particular quarterback take him to the summit. Is this the year Eric Bieniemy interviewed the Broncos? They flew in town on Friday. I said it was no big deal because Brian Dable was interviewing the same day, so mm-hmm. they both quarters interviewing the same day. Denver Broncos are down three candidates. Bieniemy's not one of them, so they've shaved it from ten. Down to three, according to Ian Rapport when he had his report. Vikings still loom large. That's where I kind of think he would go. Not sure where you're at, but yeah. there's still all these openings. Broncos surprised me because it's a divisional guy. played at the University of Colorado. He knows Andy Reid. I've gone over this many times. Knows Andy Reid inside and out. Knows Patrick Mahomes inside and out. Yep. Is this the year he gets it, or are we still saying the same thing next year? I hope this is the year he gets it. Um, uh, I find... I found it to be really interesting um, and insightful that Andy Reid said, look, as much credit as you want to give maybe me or the players for what they did in those 13 seconds to end regulation, um, Andy Reid gave a lot of credit to Eric Bieniemy, sort of coaching those guys through those situations, sort of finding the right plays, uh, sort of reiterating the importance of, hey, this is how much time you have. If we have timeouts, here's how we handle the situation. If we don't have timeouts, they would obviously handle it a little bit different. Um, and the and Andy said the poise that, that Eric Bieniemy has, and that that's leadership. Uh, that's getting your your players to play well in an exact situation, um, while also in keeping them engaged to where it becomes natural for them. It's not like they're rushing through something because they just haven't practiced it enough. That that's a function of hey, a coach you know, putting a priority on winning a close game and then the players executing at a high level. I'm assuming that's what other teams want if they have coaching vacancies right now in the NFL. So um, I think the dream scenario right now, as it currently stands, is for Ryan Poles, the, um, one, of the, one of the just front runners, to perhaps leave the Chiefs front office to become one of the younger general managers in the league. I, I believe he's 36, 37 right now. Um, and because we talked last week, Bienemy has uh, been a coach as an assistant, a running back coach with the Vikings. Could the Vikings sort of um, give their general manager job to Ryan Poles, and then could Ryan Poles uh, have some sway, or at least get Eric Bienemy an opportunity to sort of uh, prove why he would be the best candidate for the job and working with Ryan Poles, given that they would be coming from the same organization, which quietly is what I think the Giants will do 
with Brian Dable uh, going along with obviously someone that he's gotten to know in the Bills front office. So that's where it should stand. That's that's the that's the dream scenario. Um, other teams like the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Denver Broncos have passed on him a, a couple times. So um, maybe Minnesota is where we will see, you know, Eric Bieniemy with his own play sheet, you know, calling plays from the sideline, uh, you know, sort of doing his best to 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 put into action what he's done under Andy Reid. Here's one Nate from the three one six. We saw a sprinkle of this before it could happen. Tyree Kill back to return punts. Mm. Should he do it every time or not from the three one six, or do you do it sporadically? Like, I'm shocked they kick it to him when he's back there. I, especially that seems on like the, an automatic go out of bounds kick. Especially on the re kick, right? So shocked. The Bills had some special teams clunkers, uh, but yeah, let's keep let's keep let's keep uh, Tyree Kill back there. I, I like the idea of having Tyree Kill and Michael Harbin, but somebody's got to actually catch the punt. Um, so if you have a penalty and you got to re kick it. Tyreek Hill better not touch that ball, Jay, because he almost housed it. Uh, and I think Cincinnati, you know, doesn't have as good of a special teams unit as the Buffalo Bills. Just just keep that in mind when you watch Sunday's game. Good stuff, Nate Taylor. Follow him on Twitter, at by Nate Taylor. Nate, it was fun. Hopefully we're talking about a Super Bowl next. We're to that point now. It's got to happen, Jay. Let's do it. We've, we've made it this far. The city's made it this far. You can't win a game like that last night and not back it up by getting to the Super Bowl. All right, well, let's talk about the Rams or the Niners next week. All right, let's Deal. do it. Come up next, Red Reaction, Dusty Likens, Nick Price. Next.